Good afternoon, everyone. Today is Saturday, April the 10th, and the Yankees have lost another game, unfortunately. So even if we win tomorrow, we've lost uh, two out of our three series so far this season. Uh, it's still early. I'm not going to worry about it. I told Dave uh, I wasn't going to worry about it till at least like 30 games in, and then we can start looking at the record because that's when you teams start to settle into who they are. Um, I'm here with Dave and Mark. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Good to be here. Um, obviously, the game was a little bit slow. There wasn't a lot to um, dig out as far as offensive highlights, but there was some good defensive highlights to notice. And so I'm excited about talking about that and, um, you know, talking about the next game, honestly. Hell yes, Mark. And just throwing this out there so everybody remembers who we are. We are the Yankees Death Star, a Yankees podcast. Uh, we kick ass every fucking day because that's what we do. And we love this Yankees team. Uh, so that being said, if you know anything about Cashman and what he said about the Yankees Death Star, uh, I that's why we named this, this podcast that. So if you guys don't know what uh, Cashman said about it, you need to go back and search what Brian Cashman said about the Yankees' Death Star. So uh, that is why we are called that, and that is why we're going to live up to this name. Let's talk about what we're going to learn um, in this podcast or hear about in this podcast. We're going to go through the post-game um, rundown. We're going to make sure that you guys know exactly what happened inning by inning. Uh, really nothing exciting for the Yankees uh, today as far as the batting goes, but we're still going to make sure that you know who got the five hits that we had today. Um, Herman um, continues to struggle at the mound. Uh, we got a couple things that we want to bring up there to see if this is something that he can fix or if this is going to be something that he's going to uh, continue to struggle with uh, throughout the season. And if he does continue to struggle with, Matt and I both agree that uh, Michael King is sitting right there, ready to step up and pick up the ball, and he's ready to pitch. So I don't know how long the Yankees will allow Herman to struggle, but I know Michael King is biting at the um, bit to get out there and pitch um, starting games. Uh, let's go ahead and make sure that the Yankees, uh, everybody knows that the Yankees bullpen is for real this year. This is not a fake um, bullpen. They continue to prove um, and they put zeros up every single time. Minus Nelson, who had struggles last game, but this Yankees bullpen is sick. Um, we still um, continue to struggle in infield errors. Uh, we had uh, one today with DJ LeMayhew again um, at the butt end of that. Uh, that's something that we're going to have to um, discuss and break down. I don't like to see this, but again, this is something that is going to take time for them to develop and figure it out. We're going to make sure we go through the pitching stats thus far, so making sure that we break down some of the things that we really, really like about what's going on with this Yankees bullpen and pitching staff. And, of course, we're going to make sure that you guys get Matt's outtake of what happened during the game today. And last but not least, Matt has some completely random shit that he wants to talk about this Yankees team. I wouldn't call it completely random, but it is a little bit of random. Uh, he's going to talk about the pitching matchup. He's going to talk about the players that are coming back from injury. And he's going to make sure that everybody is on pace to what he is hearing in the Yankees um, dugout right now. So, Matt, what do you got for us? Well, first things first, today is Corey Kluber's birthday. Um Happy birthday. He's 35 now, so he's a little bit older than me, and that's nice to see because he's still in the major leagues. Um, he did have his second start, um, and he didn't do great as far as results-wise, but afterwards he did say that he felt really good. Um, he felt better than he did even on the first outing. So, still early. He's still working on his comeback, so I'm, I'm not worried yet. I think he's going to come out next time, and uh, I think he's going to keep making progress, pulling a bat together. Um, he's got a lot of life left in his arm, thanks to a lot of missed time. Uh, so I think that's going to come out, and he's going to he's going to return to form. He said uh, they interviewed him yesterday. Uh, he said he's not really worried about his velocity, and then he mentioned how the other guy on the mound wasn't throwing very hard and seemed to do just fine, which is Rich Hill. And he did do just fine. Um, he also mentioned that uh, his goal with the Yankees is 
of course, to win a World Series. He said his individual accomplishments, like his Cy Youngs, um, would be pretty much left in the dust as far as achievements if he could win a World Series. That's what his focus is. That's what he's here to do. Um, and I look forward to watching him uh, throughout the season work towards that goal. He has some bad memories. Uh, in 2016, when he was pitching with Cleveland, he uh, they made it to the World Series against the Cubs. And the Cubs won 8-7. to Kluber pitched in that game, and he allowed four runs um, in a little over six innings. So he said he'll never forget that. He'll never really be over it. But that's just another thing that drives him to be better and to step up in the moments that it matters. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, I'm excited to see playoff Kluber. I, th I hope that he can stay healthy uh, throughout the whole season. He said the Yankees uh, organization when he arrived was uh, not quite what he expected. He expected what he described sounded like the New England Patriots to me, where everyone just stays in line, follows the rules, and they can get a lot done by that, but there's not a lot of fun going on. He said that uh, our, our organization seems to have a good balance. Um, they still have fun. They're still themselves, but they, they do follow the plan. Um, and it's a cohesive unit. So then uh, last thing I'll say about him, they asked him what he thought of his nickname, Cluebot, and he gave pretty much the answer that a Cluebot would give. He said he was indifferent, doesn't make a difference. He doesn't see the point in getting wrapped up in the nickname. <laughs> so yeah, perfect Cluebot answer. Love to have him. Happy birthday, man. Uh, looking forward to your next start. So today we have Domingo Herman and Chris Archer starting the game. And both of these guys have shown a lot of potential. Archer's been in the league for a little while. Herman is still relatively new, but they've both shown some awesome stuff. Archer had a thoracic outlet syndrome, I believe it's called, a couple years ago, and he had to have surgery for it. Um, it's a condition where your body doesn't circulate, uh, so his hands can go numb from that. And it looked like something like that might have happened. We'll mention that when we get there. Um, and then Herman has also, so sorry, Archer hasn't pitched since 2019 because of that. So he's looking for a new start. He was with the Rays before he got traded to the Pirates and is back with the Rays now for a second stint. He's looking to have a comeback season. He's looking to get back to form uh, and try to be healthy. And Herman is also coming off a an absence, uh, albeit an absence of his own doing. He got suspended, of course, for uh, the incident with uh, involving domestic violence. So he's looking for some redemption. Archer is looking to, to get healthy again. So it, it was expected to be a pretty good matchup. And we did see some good stuff from both of them. Um, we'll go through that. One of them did better than the other. And uh, yeah, let, let's get into the game here. Dave, what happened in the first inning? Yeah, man. Uh, the first inning was uh, uh, kind of a, a mixed bag of stuff. First off, you have LeMahieu up, um, that got caught struck sh uh, swinging. Struck out swinging on the fourth pitch. And then you got Judge struck out swinging. And then you had something here where Hicks was able to de um, single to deep right. This was back on the warning track. This is exactly where you want to see it, um, especially in Yankee Stadium where that short porch is right there. But this did not get over the wall. It only turned into a single. So I know Hicks was hoping that he could um, pull that out to a double. Uh, but again, when you hit a ball like that and you think it's a home run, you're not going to run as fast as you are if you think it's uh, not a home run. So I think that's one of the things that ha <clears throat> happened there. And then uh, Stanton struck out swinging. So, uh, you know, four guys up, three guys down with strikes, um, out with strikes. Uh, he was able to get uh, DJ LeMahieu, Judge, and Stanton on strikes. That's pretty impressive um, coming in um, and not being able to pitch for quite a while. So Archer did a good job in the top of the first. The bottom of the first, Herman. Uh, um, got uh, one of their players to strike out. And then Austin Meadows homered to right field. Uh, that it was a 
uh, foot home run. Uh, not a really, really long run, um, run, but again, that's right porch. That's going to happen there. Um, Herman just threw a changeup down um, in the middle of the, the strike zone, and he just, you know, Meadows is, is one of those low ball hitters, and he crushed it. It was a mistake by Herman, and you could tell that it really bothered him. Um, the next battle batter was able to reach on an infield single to third, and uh, low flight out to center, and Diaz um, grounded out into fielder's choice to third. And uh, Arosa, Arosiana, uh, uh, got caught at second. Just a really good job by our defense right there in the first inning to get out with a minimal um, damage done. Herman, I know, is kicking himself after this home run, and it's just unfortunate it happened. So, going into the top of the second, we were down one to nothing. Yeah, that's right. He just kind of, Herman just kind of left it out there hanging over the plate for him to hit out of the park. Uh, so, I wish he uh, or he wishes he could take that back i guess i do too um he uh you mentioned meadows austin meadows being a dangerous hitter something interesting uh involving the players in this game chris archer i mentioned he went to the pirates for um a period of time he was actually traded by the rays and what they got in return for chris archer was austin meadows who's a really good outfielder and they also got uh, Tyler Glass now, who's their, basically the ace of their staff. And then they also got Shane Baz, who's in their top 10. I think he is, uh, he's like their, he's in the top five of their pitching prospects currently. Um, and he's expected to uh, be maybe a year away. But he's he's in the top 10 overall, their players. So they really got a huge haul. It kind of reminded me of, um, trading Aroldis Chapman and getting Glaber and then getting Chapman back after the season was over. they uh, The Rays made out really well. They make smart trades and they put together uh, competitive teams even if they're not flashy. So that's uh, I thought that was interesting. But we are down one to nothing in the top of the second. Glaber Torres leads off the inning and gets a pop out. He attacks the first pitch, but pops out. Brett Gardner grounded out next. Gary Sanchez got a hit. He's continued to be consistent throughout this season. I really like seeing it. I like seeing him get hits. I don't care if they're homers. I just like seeing him feel confident at the plate and getting hits. So he gets on base. Uh, unfortunately, Gio Urshela then grounds into a force out to end the inning, or the top of the inning. Moving into the bottom of the second, Wendell gets a single. He attacks also the first pitch that he sees, gets on base. Willie Adamas gets another single. We got two on and no out. Brett Phillips then grounds out, um, but he advances the runners to second and third with one out for Francisco Maia. I believe Maia. I think you say Maia. It's difficult, but I think that I think that's right. Uh, he singles, and he is able to score both of the runners from second and third. So he gets a really, cl really clutch single there uh, off of Herman to score two. He's on first now. There's still only one out. Uh, their designated hitter Yoshi Tsutsugo gets called out on strikes three state st three straight pitches. So Herman really did have some good at bats, but he he just wasn't consistent. He some of the batters he just left stuff out there for them to hit. Um, that at bat against Susugo, he he pretty much dominated him. Uh, so two out, one on. Austin Meadows lines out to Aaron Hicks. So they scored two in the frame, and it's three to nothing. Rays moving into the top of the third. All right, top of the third. Archer's still up to pitch. He's not going to stay in the game long. Uh, the first two batters he sees is Bruce and LeMahieu. Bruce takes him for seven pitches. Uh, strike one, strike two, foul ball, foul ball, ball, foul ball, strike out, um, strike looking. This was a really good job by Bruce. I don't necessarily uh, want to see him uh, striking out, but when you see seven to eight pitches, nine pitches, that's a really great at-bat. Uh, it doesn't really matter sometimes in the outcome. It just means that they're going to have to get into their bullpen sooner. And then LeMahieu stepped, um, stepped up. DJ is always somebody that we love to see out there. 
He sees six pitches and then doubles. Uh, he doubles to um, dead center. Uh, it was just a really great hit. Uh, DJ saw a slider at about 80, 85, 87 miles an hour and just took advantage of that. So that was a really good job by DJ. And at that point is when Archer gets pulled from the game. Uh, he has some forearm, um, lateral forearm soreness. I'm not too sure what that entails. I haven't heard that one before. Um, lateral um, forearm soreness. Uh, to me, it's a strange one, uh, but I'm sure he's going to be taking a look at. And here comes Kittredge for Tampa Bay. Um, Judge grounded out to second, but he was able to move um, DJ to third. And I really felt like Kittredge recognized that Hicks has been batting very well against him. He doesn't give him a pitch at all. He gives him four balls right in a row and Hicks walks. So now you have two um, players on the corners and Stanton gets struck out swinging. That was, to me, we needed that 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 hit by Stanton. We needed to get on the board. Once that happened, I really felt like this was going to be a very difficult um, op, you know, chance for us to get back. Um, he only saw five pitches. And the last pitch uh, uh, Stanton saw was a ball. Uh, and he swung at it. And he looked like he was lost. I was 88 miles an hour. And he just got fooled by Kittredge. So this was a good job by Kittredge to get through. Uh, the guys and pick the guy that he wanted to go up against. Obviously, Stanton was the um, guy that he chose to do that. Now we are going down without any runs um, at all. We're going into the bottom of the third. Down, uh, down is it down four nothing, Matt? Uh, it's three nothing. Down three, down three nothing because the very first um, player, uh, the step up in the bottom of the third against Yamar, um, Herman, um, hits a four hundred and twenty. Um, bomb. I mean, foot bomb. I mean, this was crushed. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. It was the first pitch. It was a sinker at 92 and it was dead center. He left this over, um, the plate way too much. And you know, I mean, this was just crushed. There's nothing to say about it except for when you hit a home run like this, the center feet at 420 feet, you know, the pitcher made a fucking horrible mistake. Uh, that was just one of those things that you can't really do anything about, but then you got low, he got low to strike out. Diaz to strike out. Um, Wendell singled to shallow left. Uh, that was something that, I, man, he saw two, you know, two pitches, and he was able to get underneath that ball. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think the defense should have been able to have a better opportunity at that. But whatever. Um, Adams then flied out to center, so they left a base runner on going into the top of the fourth. We are down four to nothing. That is not the way we want to go into the fourth. No, it's not. That was a frustrating inning. Uh, of course, Stanton at the end with two men on has a chance to tie it up if he were to hit it out of the park. Um, and the pitcher knew that and threw him something that Stanton. he knew Stanton would think that he could hit just a little bit down our way. And then it ended, up, uh, it ended up moving too far away from him. That slider moved away from Stanton. He chased it. Uh, he was ahead of it and not swinging in the right area anyway. So that was a good pitch, good strikeout uh, on Stanton. Even in the beginning, I was going to mention that, yeah, you mentioned Jay Bruce having a really good at bat, seeing a lot of pitches, fouling them off, staying alive, uh, being aggressive and not giving the pitcher anything easy. And the pitcher did do really well, um, but that final pitch was outside. Jay Bruce was right to let it go by. He got called out and he got a strikeout because of it, but that pitch was outside. So I even give him credit for watching that. Normally that's going to be called a strike. It just wasn't this time. So good at bat by by Bruce and a good pitching performance against Stanton and then the home run, of course. So yeah, four to nothing in the fourth. Glaber Torres flies out. Next up is Brett Gardner. He hits a ground rule double. So we got uh, Gardner on second, one out for Gary Sanchez. He flies out to center field, and then Urshela grounds out to uh, first baseman, or to the shortstop, to the first baseman, sorry. Um, so yeah, their, their pitcher, uh, Dave, who who is in at this point? Um, Archer Kit came out already. Uh, so we're talking the top of the fourth, right? Kittredge. It would still be Kittredge's in the Kittredge. game. Yeah. Yeah, Kittredge was really efficient that inning. He threw every every batter. Um, he let one get on, but the other three, even including the Gardner who got on, he only threw him three pitches. They were all strikes. He just happened to hit one. Um, and then Torres, Sanchez, and Urshela uh, 
hardly faced any pitches, so really efficient for catchers on that one. Uh, not so great for the Yankees. So we didn't score in the top of the fourth. We're still down four to nothing moving into the bottom. Phillips flies out. Maia flies out. And uh, then their DH, Tsutsugo, gets a single to, Tor- to Torres. Um, then uh, it looked like Gary just wanted to get uh, help the pitcher out by getting the guy out at first and ending the inning without him having to pitch again. So uh, the pitch goes to Sanchez. He slings it over to first base, trying to pick off the runner who had a little bit of a leadoff off the bag. And sometimes that works. It's not a horrible thing to try, but he didn't make a good throw, and uh, the pitch went past the first baseman. And again, you're throwing to Jay Bruce, um, not the same fielding talent as Luke Voigt or some other first baseman. So I questioned that decision a little bit. Turned out didn't matter. Um, even though he walked the next guy, Meadows, uh, Rosarena works a full count with two on and two out, and then strikes out swinging. So it was a good good put out by Herman at the end, and Herman is still in. He's allowed three runs, hasn't been sharp, but you also don't want to deplete your bullpen. So if they feel like Herman uh, can keep pitching um, and be relatively effective, they'd like to keep him in. So he stays in through the fourth. We're down four to nothing going into the fifth. All right, going into the fifth, we have uh, a couple guys here that um, I'm I'm kind of excited for, especially with a new pitcher coming in. Uh, his name is Springs for Tampa Bay. I felt like this was a great opportunity for us to get some points on the board. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the way it went. Bruce got struck out swinging. LeMahieu struck out swinging again. Judge singled to deep left. Uh, this is, uh, you know, again, a great job by hitting by Judge. He saw six pitches on the two last pitches. He got struck, uh, um, got a strike looking for filling up the count on a slider at 81 miles an hour. And then he was able to hit uh, a single to left center, or I'm, I'm sorry, left center ish. Uh, this was the same exact pitch at a different location. Judge did a really go- good job at recognizing uh, where the slider was was heading, and he just crushed that. That was an unbelievable job. Next person up was Hicks. He got struck out swinging. So that's another inning that we have three guys that got struck out swinging, and we left play um, another batter on the base. That's not what we needed. Um, we needed to start getting runs here, as as obviously we weren't able to get any runs at this point. We were down four nothing. Um, headed into the bottom of the fifth. Now we got a chance to see Wilson, who has been on a the 10-day DL since the beginning of the season, uh, and he does a pretty good job. He gets uh, low to ground out to third. He walked Diaz, which is it's, it's okay because I think he recognized that Diaz was going to be a difficult uh, um, batter for him. And really, the sixth pitch that he threw that was called a, a ball, I felt like that four-seam fastball was, was a strike, um, you know, the ump had been calling that particular pitch a strike all game, and then he just didn't call that a strike. It was really frustrating. I was pissed, um, but reality is it didn't make a difference uh, because Wendell uh, got hit by a pitch, and Diaz went to second, and then he, um, Wilson settled down and struck out the next two batters. Just a really good job by Wilson to get out of that inning with minimal damage. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was great. To see Wilson back on the mound, man, uh, he didn't look like a guy necessarily coming off of injury. He wasn't perfect, but he was really sharp, um, didn't allow a hit. He walked one guy, so he's still working on his control. But he also struck out two out of the three batters in the inning. So great to see Justin back and uh, looking forward to seeing him the rest of the season. So we move into the top of the sixth inning. Uh, they made short work of the Yankees lineup. Stanton pops out. Torres grounds out. Gardner pops out. Uh, then we replaced Justin Wilson. Gave him one inning. That's that's right for him, especially coming off of injury. Uh, they put in my guy, Jonathan Luizaga, uh, to try to shut the Rays down in the hopes that we can do something in the next couple of innings. Um, he gets the first guy, Maia, to fly out. Tetsugo strikes out swinging. That was a really, really good at bat for um, for Loizaga. 
Um, he threw some really nasty pitches on that uh, and gets Sasugo to strike out. Then uh, Austin Meadows, another dangerous hitter, uh, comes up. He reaches, but it's he reaches base. Sorry, but it's on a fielding error. Um, Gio Urshela was playing over um, from third base because we had the shift on. They have a lot of left-handed batters in the Rays lineup, so we had the shift. Uh, everyone was kind of moved towards the right field side, so Urshela was actually basically um, kind of in a shortstop position, a little bit closer to third, but uh, almost far enough over for him to look like a shortstop. He makes the catch, but... Um, He's, he's unable to throw it to first in time, uh, gets an error. Do you remember, Dave, What uh, how exactly he handled that? I'm trying to picture that. What, what, what did he mess up on? Um, it, was, it was a little short hop, but um, again, you're, 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 throwing to, you're throwing to Bruce, first of all, and Urshela, um, it looked like he rushed it. It really did. I mean, it looked like he tried to get out of his um, glove too quickly. Yeah, he didn't look completely comfortable being uh, that far away from third base. So, again, he's one of the guys I'm not really worried about Worried about as far as fielding because that's going to happen, but only occasionally. Still like him no matter where you put him on the infield. So they end up with, uh, there's two outs. They got one guy on. Arena, always dangerous, gets a single. Meadows goes to second. But then Loisaga is able to have a really good, um, really good uh, at bat or really good pitching at bat for Loisaga against Brandon Lau, who is a really dangerous hitter. Man, that last pitch uh, was a called strike. He Lau had swung at the first two strikes. He took a ball, swung at the other two. Um, then he gets a curveball that's down, basically. Uh, 15 miles an hour slower than even his sinker. Um, so it's really hard for the the batter to to get the timing right, and it looks like either a fastball um, or a sink or a sinker. So you expect it to stay somewhat in the zone. This one just curved down right at the end. Um, I'm looking at the pitch chart, and it doesn't do it justice. It makes it look like it was kind of straight. It was really far inside on Brandon Lau um, to begin. It looked like he was going to go right towards him and he was going to have to jump out of the way. Then it just curls back in, catches the inside of the zone, gets called a strike. It was really cool. Um, that was probably my uh, my favorite pitch of Loisaga's performance today. Um, but the offense does nothing in that inning, so we are still down 4 to nothing, moving into the top of the 7th. All right, so really looking in at the top of the seventh, this is when you start recognizing the the, Yan- the Yankees, the Rays coaching staff, their their pitching staff, um, pitching coaching staff is amazing. Uh, they made some really great calls right here and really took advantage of um, our bats. And really the last three innings, I want to make sure I say this correctly here. If you count the sixth inning, uh, just a really, I mean like, I, I don't know what else to say except for we really struggled from the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. Like we could not get our bats rolling. I think this has everything to do with the way that Tampa Bay prepared for the game for us, saying let's get into, uh, let's get the lead, let's get into the seventh inning, and we can walk away with this. And th- they were probably very correct with this because Thompson is pitching for Tampa Bay now. Um, Sanchez flied out to right, Urshela grounded out to third, Bruce grounded out to second. Boom, boom, boom. Three up, three down. This is going to happen right now. Um, Rays are a very good team. They got a very good bullpen, and they got a very good um, starting staff. Uh, uh, Loisica is pitching for New York. Diaz grounds out to shortstop. Stop. Wendell struck out swinging. Adams was walked. Phillips doubled to left. Adams to third. And then we were able to get a ground out to second, which was huge because we were able to get out of the inning with runners in scoring positions going into the top of the eighth, still down zero to four. That's right, man. Um, I'm probably going to get annoying to people uh, if I talk about Loisica too much, but I just love his stuff. I love how fast, like um, in the in the bottom of the sixth, he got 
Yoshi Tsutsuga. Um, he struck out swinging, and he threw a, he threw a sinker, but it was 98 miles an hour. Like, a sinker, you expect it, if you're able to catch it coming out of his hands, um, usually a sinker means it's going to be a little bit slower than a four-seam fastball, but Loisaga throws it just as fast uh, almost, but it has more movement right at the tail end, and it's really hard to hit. And then he kept throwing... Uh, he kept throwing uh, off-speed stuff to Wendell. That was a great strikeout. Curveball, changeup, curveball, curveball. So the fact that his sinker is basically almost as fast as his four-seam fastball is pretty incredible since he gets that movement at the end. And then the fact that his curveballs, like I mentioned, are like 14 miles an hour slower than his fastball, either the four-seamer or the sinker. And that's just really hard for a batter to deal with. You 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 watch pitches and you have to kind of get into a rhythm and figure out when the ball is going to reach the plate. But Loisaga makes that really hard for people. Um, that was another another good inning for him. Uh, so he doesn't let any damage be done by the Rays. And we go into the top of the eighth. We are still down four to nothing. Our bats have not yet awoken. Um, DJ LeMahieu reaches. Uh, as the leadoff batter on a walk, Aaron Judge struck out swinging, and then uh, this was a, a frustrating one. Aaron Hicks grounds into a double play to end the inning. Um, with with Lemayhu getting the walk to lead off the inning, being down four to nothing, eighth inning, you know it's it's crunch time. We got to do something, and it was exciting to have a guy on base with nobody out. Um, but Judge and Hicks couldn't capitalize on it so we're still down four to nothing we've only got the ninth inning left uh we're just trying to avoid any more damage in the bottom of the eighth Luis Sessa comes in and replaces Loisaga on the mound he gets Tsutsugo called out on strikes he gets Meadow down on strikes and then he gets Arozarena to ground out and he was he was also really good. I was really impressed with uh, Sessa's performance. He had a, had really good control, um, and he took out three of their most dangerous most dangerous hitters in their lineup um, pretty easily. He handled them. So, props to Sessa in the eighth. Um, but we're still down four to nothing going into the top of the ninth. How did it end, Dave? Yeah, man, before we do that, I want to, you know, dissect Sessa's pitches right here. Uh, you know, he went in the, came in the top, on um, bottom of the eighth. Uh, he just threw a bunch of different off-speed pitches, um, fastballs, but really he threw a slider the first pitch, which was a strike, uh, a slider the second pitch, and then he threw a four-seam fastball. Um, this was a, fa- um, a, um, a ball, and then he threw a sinker, which was a ball. So this was just, again, he's all over the board. He throws a slider um, at 83 miles an hour for his strikeout right there. And then fa- facing Meadows, he does a, you know, a completely different uh, type of, of uh, uh, stuff right here. The first um, ball that he throws is a ball. It is a changeup at 87 miles an hour. And then uh, he throws to Meadows again for a changeup for a foul ball. This is, I mean, I, I can't say enough how amazing he did this. And then he comes right back at him at a four-seam um, fastball. I felt that that was a strike. He should have been um, definitely a, a strike on strike two right there, but they called it a ball. And then he comes back, slider, slider, 83 miles an hour. One was all the way down at the bottom of the, not even in the strike zone. Um, Meadows swung at it. Uh, it looked like he was desperate, uh, was not able to get that. And he gets the second guy stri- um, you know, um, striking out. Now, this is where it gets unique right here is because he goes slider, slider, curveball. And the curveball was a ground out. I guarantee you, um, or- Orizania, whatever his name is, uh, he felt that the ball was going to be a slider and he he swung at it and he was able to, uh, you know, Sessa uh, was able to get a, a weak uh, swing off of this and was able to get out of the inning. This was a really good job by Sessa recognizing what's going on. He threw one curveball for an out. Uh, I felt like that was just a great job by him recognizing what was going to work and what was going to not work. Um, going into the top of the ninth, uh, we had no luck again. Me- Meza was on the mound for Tampa Bay. 
uh, got Stanton to ground out to third, Torres to fly out to um, right, and Gardner to fly out to center. Game is over. We lost 4 nothing. We got a big fucking goose egg on this one. But to me, this is a really great Tampa team. Uh, this is going to be a team that's going to really create problems for any team this year uh, in the playoffs and all season long. So um, as long as they can stay healthy, I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the in the league this year. Yeah, typically it's not the bats that we have to worry about with the Yankees. It's the pitching staff. Um, but our bats have been relatively quiet, certainly today. They did basically nothing. Give credit to the Rays pitching staff um, for shutting us down. They are going to be a real real nuisance throughout the entire season. Um, I mentioned before, but I think it's going to be... I honestly don't know um, who I would pick to win or what order, but I know that the Yankees, the Rays, and the Jays are all going to be very dangerous um, this year. So this should be a fun matchup. I think, if I remember right, I'm trying to remember, I think we play everyone in the division, you play, what, 16 times, something like that. So you face your division opponents a lot throughout the season. Sometimes they're bunched together, but uh, usually it's spread out. So we're going to get to know everyone in the division pretty well as we go through this uh, this season. Uh, the Rays obviously are going to be a challenge. They shut us down today. They've won the series already, but um, obviously we hope we can avoid the sweep tomorrow when we play them again. Yeah, and let you know, Matt, it's 19 games we play against the Rays this 19. year. Okay. That is a hell of a lot of games. Um, looking at it, man, every single time we play them, it's multiple games in a row. Uh, we do not play them just one game and that's it. Every single one is a series uh, that is going to be interesting to see how that uh, all rolls out. Um, you know, 19 games against any teams a lot. I'm hoping that we can sneak in at least 10 or 11 wins there, maybe 12 wins if we can get lucky. Uh, but the reality is, is Rays are out playing us uh, big time right now. Um, we got a couple of uh, people in our um, uh, lineup that we got switched out here. Urshela got recalled from the um, COVID IL. Uh, obviously, he was on the field today. He looked all right. Um, Ordor was also called from um, recalled from the COVID IL. I saw him on the bench talking to Hicks. It looked like he was annoying the shit out of Hicks. I'm not. He a, looked like a little boy too. I know, right? Without his beard, uh, he's unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. If you haven't seen it, go go check out a before I mean, and after of Ordor before he came to the. End. I hate like comparing people to the um, the Seven Dwarves, um, Snow White, you know. But he definitely looked like Dopey on the Seven Dwarves with his ears. Man, he needs to get that beard back. Uh, I hate I hate making fun of anybody, but man, Ordor, uh, he looks young and he looks healthy. He could be a huge pickup for us. I'm excited for him as things start to fall out. Tyler Wade and Mike yeah. Ford were um, uh, switched to the alternate site, training site, or I'm sorry, option to the training site. Um, I thought Mike Ford was going to make a start, but Bruce has been playing you know pretty well right now. There's no reason to mess that up. Um, and when Voigt comes back, I guarantee you uh, that's going to continue. Voigt's going to step up and do some great things. But Mike Ford is a great um, player, a great batter, and a great fielder. Um, I'm really surprised that we're not utilizing him right now. But again, Bruce is doing well enough um, at first. Uh, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But if he continues to um, make errors when the catch it, um, when it comes to throwing the ball, Mike Ford will be recalled and he will get in games because Mike Ford is one of the best diggers in the minors. Uh, he digs the ball out of this on the sand really well when the ball is being thrown to him. So definitely keep an eye on that. I dig it. All right. And we're going to be talking about the Yankees versus Tampa Bay tomorrow. Um, this is going to be, again, a afternoon game, 1-10 Eastern time, um, April 11th at Tropicana Field. So right now we know who is on the mound for us, which is Jordan Montgomery. Uh, obviously, he's doing a great job. He has seven Ks in the last um, um, game that he played. I believe it was Blue Jays, right, that he pitched against? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, don't know. Um, he, his last game that he pitched, he did a really good job. I'm really excited about him stepping up and you know playing against a very good Tampa team to see where he's going to rank right there. Tampa has not announced their starter as of yet. Uh, Tampa um, typically won't announce their starter 
um, if they're going to start with a bullpen um, pitch. So it will be interesting to see if that's what they're going to do or if they're going to recall one of their young studs to come pitch against the Yankees tomorrow, which will be, again, very interesting to see what's going on with that. Um, you have anything to add there? Yeah, they, they have a whole group of young guys, um, young pitchers that have a lot of promise. They were asked, I can't remember if it was their if it was cash or uh, one of the executives was asked about possibly bringing those guys up in a relief role, any of them. And they said, no, their plan is for everyone that's a starter now um, that's uh, in double A AA or triple A, they, uh, they're going to be a starter. They don't want to bring them in uh, for relief. And they do have a really good, um, they do have a really good farm system. They have a lot of guys that are, are poised to come up that are expected to come up either later this year or next year. Just about all of their top 10 prospects are, uh, most of them are anticipated to, to show up at, to some degree this year. So the, it's possible the Rays get even more dangerous as this actually probable that they get more dangerous as the season goes on. So, uh, yeah, look forward to the battle with them. All right. And I'm looking at their um, recent transactions to see if they recalled any of their uh, players at all um, for pitchers-wise to see if they might have called somebody up to get them ready. I'm not seeing anything right now um, at all. They placed – yeah, so it'll be interesting. I know I know they have a lot of shortstops. Um, Willie Adamas is really good at shortstop, and he's a really good hitter. Uh, I, I don't imagine that they w- would want to move him, but also their number one prospect who's expected to come up later this year, uh, his name is Wander Franco. Franco, he's only 20, but he is expected to at least make an appearance this year. He plays shortstop, so they're, they could be facing a question about whether they need to move someone's position or trade someone. Um, I'm sure there'll be some Yankees fans who are excited about the possibility of an extra good shortstop on the market that we could get and and move uh, Torres around. I'm not quite there yet. Um, But yeah, they have, I believe it's um, like six out of their top 10 prospects for the Rays uh, play shortstop. So yeah, they've, they've got a plethora of shortstops, so I'm curious to see as the season goes on how that works out. Um, they might be in the in the trade market to swap a shortstop for someone else that they need more. So nice. that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, that will be interesting because there's always a team that needs a good defensive shortstop. Um, there's always a team that needs a good offensive shortstop. So if there's a specialty shortstop in there, you can bet your ass that uh, Brian Cashman is looking at those guys for sure because he loves to see teams that are stacked in certain positions and offer him deals that are really good for the you know for the picks or for the players. And that's how he got Voight. That's how he got Mike Talkman. Uh, he does does a really good job at those. Let's go ahead and talk about our pitching staff today. Um, we had four pitchers that uh, pitched: Herman Wilson, Lazaka, and Sessa. We had. 12 strikeouts and only three walks. This is another great job of getting under four walks for the game. I believe there's only one game that we had more than four walks so far this season. Um, that's just uh, three games. Um, no, three walks. Three walks. Yeah, I mean that's why I was, you know, we've just done a really, really good job at keeping those walks really low all season. That's going to pay off at the um, when we start getting wins. Um, Tampa Bay is doing excellent job at that too i believe we're in the top uh uh top three when it comes to walk versus strikeout ratio and so is tampa so that's something that we should definitely keep an eye on for sure so this is a really good job by this pitching staff of ours yeah absolutely um a lot of times when you see a team on the box score that has a bunch of pitchers it means that they didn't do so well uh tampa bay had six pitchers pitch in the game despite the fact that they no one was scoring our bats weren't really doing anything um they just kept rotating them out because they have a plan and they they don't necessarily just leave guys out there because they're doing well they're going to go ahead and stick to their plan and it worked out they had six pitchers appear in the game uh compared to our four but uh herman was the only one to allow a, a run earned or not um 
So he's, I'm sure he's frustrated with himself. He's allowed exactly one run per inning by average in his first two starts. So that's not good. Um, he still seemed a little bit less than confident in his start. Um, he did, like I mentioned, he had some really good at bats where he, he strung together a lot of really good pitches, but uh, it's just that consistency. He needs to get back to where he was in 2019 to be really valuable for this staff. So credit to their pitching staff and their game plan. Um, it was uh, it yeah. was a good game. It was just a little frustrating for a Yankees fan. And, and I want to throw this out here, too, is there is no doubt in my mind that the Tampa Bay Rays uh, coaching staff and pitching staff recognized that Sam Holbrook was behind the plate um, as the umpire today. Uh, he is a very, what would I would call, um, um, gracious strike caller. And they mm-hmm. the, the Tampa Bay Rays really took advantage of that. Um, it's something that I would like to see our uh, pitching staff or our coaching staff do a better job at. Uh when they have an umpire that is known for his relaxed strike calls, you're going to have to get a, a pitcher up there that uh, does a really good job at disguising his pitches as well as, you know, continued work by Sanchez to, to frame those pitches because framing does make a difference now. And he's go- doing a really good job at that. So I don't know. This was one of those things where Sam Holbrook did a really shoddy job behind the plate today. It really did not benefit us in any stretch of the imagination. And I think this is something that we need to keep an eye on for the future. If we have a, a, a umpire that is struggling with the strike calls, we need to have a better um, you know, staff out there that does a better job at that. Herman obviously struggled. He's the only person that gave up any runs today, uh, four innings, and he saw 21 batters. Uh, allowed eight hits out of the 21 batters that he faced, and you know four runs. So this is not this is not good. Uh, I would have liked to see a better job by Herman, but he was able to get through four, uh, and only four runs through four isn't the worst um, case scenario for us, especially with the fact that we do have bats that are alive. I do think it's something to keep an eye on. Herman in the locker room isn't really a favored person right now. Uh, there's been some outspoken people talking about him. And the bats don't seem to be alive with him right now. They seem to be absolutely dead. I don't know if that has anything to do with, you know, the dislike and disdain that there is going on in the locker room with him about um, the abuse stuff that went through. Um, But the reality is, I don't feel like this is something that's a a good thing. He's got to get control of what's going on. He's got to get control of his emotions and feelings. Um, Otherwise, this is going to turn into something that he doesn't want to see. Yeah, he has crazy good potential. Um... He and Lysaga and Severino, um, we have a lot of homegrown talent uh, that came from our farm system that's done incredibly well. Um, and I, he's still fairly young. He hasn't pitched a lot in the majors. I think if he can get his mind right, um, he does have the arm and the talent to be, <clears throat> excuse me, to be an incredible pitcher. So I hope for his sake he's able to turn it around. So um, we did have. He looked, he looked healthy and fine. He just didn't look sharp. Um, we did get Urshela and Judge both back. Judge got a hit. That was cool. Urshela was pretty silent, made the error. So not a great uh, not a great outing for Urshela. But again, I'm not worried about his defense or his bat, really. So Yeah, man. And check this out for tomorrow. Uh, they have a lot of batters that have faced Montgomery and found a lot of success with Montgomery. Um, all the batters that he has faced, uh, they're batting 500 or above um, against him. Uh, that is not a good stat, but I do think Montgomery is more mature. His placement on the pitches are much better, and he is incredibly was incredibly impressive on his first start. So keep an eye on that. Um, I do think that he's going to um, be out there. I'm, I'm hoping for at least five innings because that way he can have an uh, opportunity uh, to get the W or 5.1 innings yeah. or whatever that is. Um, I really love Montgomery, and I feel like he's the future of this pitching staff. And as long as he can continue to learn from one of the best pitchers in the game, Cole and um, Tyon, who I feel like is going to be one of those great mentor um, pitching um, type, he is going to get better. And I am really excited about Montgomery. Yeah, man, we we absolutely have the talent to be a dominant starting rotation on top of our dominant bullpen. Um we have the guys that can do it, no doubt. And even if they're, you know, one or two of them 
um, struggles or has injury or something, we have enough to still maintain a five-man rotation um, that's really dangerous. And I like the diversity in the styles of pitching between a uh, you know a Kluber and um, Montgomery. They're a little bit similar, um, but yeah, Herman Herman throws really fast. He throws a little bit different. I like the variety that we have. And man, I don't know if. Severino has a chance of actually pitching this year, but remember, we've got Luis Severino, um, Cy Young finalist on our team. If he can come back and be uh, a, a decent percentage of what he was, man, that's huge. And like you said, we've got guys returning from absences, Herman, Kluber, Tyon, all of them. So I think things are only going to move up from here. Um, at least that's my hope. And then uh, I would love to see Severino. I miss him. It's like I can barely even picture his face anymore. <laughs> it's so sad. Well, let's go ahead and break this down for you guys one last time so you guys understand who we are. Um, first, I am Dave. We have Mark and Matt here as well with us. Uh, we are the Yankees Death Star. Uh, this is something that's been exciting for us. We started this journey at the last game of uh, spring training with the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, we have not missed a day since that. This is day 14 in a row, so this is the second week straight of us being on the podcast telling you guys about what's happening with the Yankees. We're the only daily Yankees um, podcast. There's a lot of people that claim they're the daily Yankees podcast, but they don't work on the weekends, so fuck them. They're not real uh, daily podcast. We don't miss a day. We don't miss a skip. We don't skip a beat. We are here um, constantly because we are passionate about this Yankees team. So this is the Yankee Death Star. My name is Dave. Thank you for listening. I'm Matt. And yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. And even though we're going to be disappointed in some games like today, um, our goal for you guys, whoever's listening, is to maintain a positive attitude towards the players um we're allowed to say someone has a bad game or is having a bad stretch but we uh we want to look towards the the potential of the future so we're going to try to maintain an attitude a positive attitude for you guys uh so that even after a loss um anybody can tune in um and get to know what happened in the game feel good about the team and the direction we're headed that's our goal and if you want to hit us up ask us any questions or give feedback uh hit up the the yankee death star pod twitter and that's just at at yankee death star yankees death star with the s on the end of yankees was too long for twitter so it's yankee death star yeah that's right man and we'll be on there we are having a lot of fun um this is all about um you know just getting into the season and watching the season build and being on top of it we know there's going to be ups and downs, and we are going to ride those highs. And obviously, it's a little tough because we, you know, we feel the emotions with the team after wins and after losses. So after losses, we do our best to not get too low. After wins, you better believe we're going to ride those highs, though. We're not going to even try to hold back because that's just how it goes. So thanks for joining us for the Yankee Death Star. My name is Mark, and we'll see you tomorrow.